Well, it is a good day indeed. I hope everybody here is blessed and um, we are happy to uh, be with all of you on this beautiful Sunday that does not feel like the day, a couple days after Christmas. We um, we're, are hoping for snow, at least I am, and it just hasn't happened, um, but we keep waiting, right? Uh, and I, you know, I, I hesitate, and I said this last week, and those of you who have been here for a while know that I don't do this very often, but um, as far as talking about money, but um, I know that some people and businesses and, and others are looking for, you know, ways to help with their taxes at the end of the year, and um, the church obviously is able to, to do that. And, you know, we do a, a lot of things now, our um, 501c3 registered that uh, we do more than just have church on Sunday mornings with the, um, the uplift ministry, food and diapers that we're giving away and partnering with Rescue Hill. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Safe families, all of those things. So uh, anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's a good time of year and, you know, we're excited about what's going on, or what has gone on this year and what's going to go on next year. And that's really what I want to talk about today. You know, as I'm uh, looking through everything that uh, we've done, well, it's, it's like this, and I like to do this every year. As, I mean, you call me crazy, but it just seems like as we go through the year or as, and you're close to something, you don't really see all the changes that happen, right? I mean, do you guys feel the same way? Like things happen, things change. Um, and if you're like me, some of you aren't, I know, but I am this way. I, I can't really, it's hard for me to remember birthdays. Uh, you know, I used to get irritated with my parents whenever they would forget my birthday. They never really forgot the day because I didn't let them. Um, I still don't. Uh, I'll give you a good month notice. You know that's coming. But, uh, but birthdays, you know, that's, uh, I have to remember. Now, which kid was born on what year and what was the day? Uh, I have to think about that. When we're close to something, we just don't realize how much it changed. We're unaware of what's going on right under our nose. I remember uh, when Morgan was three years old. That was last week, I think. And she's 14 now. It happened so quick. Morgan was three, and we were watching a, a Christmas movie. She was sitting on my lap, and, you know, Dad and, and his little girl were watching a Christmas movie. And it was just, I was just was enjoying the moment, precious. And I wrapped my arms around her and hugged her and told her, I love you, Morgan. And I'll never forget, she just looked back up at me and said, I love you, Daddy. <laughs> right? Those, those sweet moments, man. Or uh, I was thinking the other day about um, Maddie when she was five years old at Morgan's birthday party. Morgan was turning eight, and uh, Maddie was five. They're about two and a half years difference. And there we have a picture of, of Morgan and all of her friends, all the eight-year-olds at this height, and then Maddie. <laughs> And I remember she was trying so desperately hard to fit in with all the uh, seven and eight-year-olds. Or Caden, I still have a memory of him when uh, he was two years old. And uh, this is, I don't know, I remember doing this with my dad, and, and he did this with me. I heard some shuffling coming down the hallway. The, at our old house, we had a long hallway. And I looked, uh, I was in the chair, and I peeked back down the hallway, and here comes Caden with my boots on <laughs> that came up to his, all the way up, you know, all the way up to his crotch, those boots, and he was shuffling down the hallway with those big old boots on, almost not able to make it. And it just seems like just the other day, you know what I mean? And, and things change so much. We have probably, uh, as a mistake, I'm thinking now, but we connected our 
a lot of TV. I'm not sure how you guys watch it. Uh, we don't have a regular cable anymore. We have an Amazon Fire Stick. Have that connected to our TV. And we have it, um, our pictures that we take on, with our phones and whatever backed up to that, uh, to the Amazon cloud or whatever. And so the, those pictures will roll across our TV. And it's got to where the TV will stay on with the pictures rolling. We're not even watching TV. So recently I'll sit there. Um, I guess that's showing our age, but just watching, just loving the memories and also crying at them. Um, because today, Morgan's 14. I can't believe that my baby girl is 14 years old. She's changed so much in just a few short years. I mean, when we moved here, she was 11. Now she's 14. It's hard to believe. You don't realize how much they're continually changing. So for the church, Every year at the end of the year, it's, it's uh, something that I like to do is look back at this last year and, and let's just look at all of the things that we've accomplished this last year. What, what has God taken us through? What have we done? If, if we're always changing and we're always uh, moving, then sometimes unless we look back and, and see, we don't know exactly how much things have changed. We, we don't get a good idea of how much or how far we've come in a year. And so this year, Cerise and I were wrapping up our third year of ministry at this church. In fact, next Sunday is our three-year anniversary uh, that, that we've been here. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny, for that. Uh, our three-year anniversary next year. Um, it doesn't seem like much until I realized that Morgan started eighth grade this year. Next year, I'll have a high schooler. Uh, Maddie is already 11, and Kaden, uh, my kamikaze Kaden, is nine. On a side note, I will say this. I'm very thankful that they're past two. <clears throat> Something about that two-year-old stage, uh, I look back and have fond memories of it, but I'm not anxious to relive it. <laughs> Today, I want to look back over the past year and see where God has moved us in the year 2020. But also, I want to look at the year 2021 to see just what exactly do we think God has planned for us in this new year. So, Let's just start out and acknowledge that the year 2020 was one for the record books. Can you guys agree with that? Uh, we've had to learn how to do things differently. And I will say for the church, metrics look different. In the church, we measure a lot of things by um, attendance of certain things or uh, how many events or you know, stuff like that. And so this year we've had to, to relearn how we do the metrics of the church. How do we quantify touched lives or changed lives? So let's just take a quick look and, and remember revival. Mike Adams came for revival. Do y'all remember that? Uh, we had an awesome time. We're looking forward to our revival for this year, by the way. It's just a few short weeks away. Um, Jeremiah Bullock is going to be here January 24th through 27th. It's the last, uh, well, it's the next to last Sunday, I guess, Sunday through Wednesday of the, uh, the month of January. And I will say you will definitely want to be here as much as you can, or at the very least, check, out, check it out online. Uh, Jeremiah Bullock was, I booked him two years ago. He's not somebody who is easy uh, to get, but we did get him. And then the year after that, I have already got Susie Schellenberger coming back. So um, we're going to enjoy that time together. But Jeremiah Bullock, you know, uh, our community Easter egg hunt, we do an Easter egg hunt here. And uh, last year, in 2019, we had, I believe, I had the numbers written down here, over 600 people's, uh, 600 people's lives were touched here 
over 300 of them were children. It was a great thing. But this year, we weren't really able to fill and hide our 10,000 plus Easter eggs like we've done just because of COVID. How can we have such a gathering of people? So what we did instead was put together Easter egg hunt kits for families. And um, it was really kind of an ingenious thing. And uh, Jessica spearheaded that. We were able to help over 100 families with their Easter eggs. But more than that, each person came by to pick up their Easter eggs. So we were able to talk with them about Jesus. We put information about Jesus and the church in each of the kits. And we had um, a email and uh, phones ready to talk. And we got some emails from that. And, but, you know, we're trying to figure out the best way. Again, how do we quantify changed lives? Uh, it, it was, a, I think, very successful. In fact, we've already had people asking us this year for the 21, are we going to do the same thing? Because that was one of the best things that we could have done for the families. And while talking about children, I want to thank Becky and Jessica. Uh, we know that Becky left the uh, children's ministry here to become a senior pastor, and we wish her well. Jessica took over, didn't miss a beat, and she used every tool at her disposal to keep the work of ministry going for the kids, and they were doing Zoom Sunday school classes and um, trying to have Zoom meetings, and if you've ever done that with, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years old kids, I know that it was a challenge for them. Even last week, uh, a, a van full of kids and helpers went to Dallas, downtown Dallas, to help with some, uh, a homeless shelter and do some things for uh, the homeless. And I, I'm just so pr appreciative of that. What a valuable ministry, the children's ministry and the Easter egg hunt and the Easter egg hunt kits now this year are to our community. Who knows where we're going to go this year? I, I think as the um, vaccine gets out and, and uh, you know, the, the COVID pandemic begins to settle down, I think that this year we'll be able to um, do our hunt again. I hope so. And I would love to see more than a thousand people here. And I would like to see us do the Easter egg hunt kits also for those that can't be here for that. Uh, some local growth. We have several who are pursuing their call to ministry. I don't know if you knew all this. Jessica, our uh, children's ministry director, has her local minister's license, is getting ready to go in front of the district credentials board to get her district license, which is just one step away from ordination. Zach Reyes received his local license, and that was awesome. Our youth pastor, Michael, is going to be um, continuing with a renewal of his district license uh, for this year, and um, hopefully not too much longer before he's able to complete that. I know that's a, a headache for him as well. Um, we, we also have, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I got everything right here, Jim Weir, uh, who you guys all know has been up here helping with us lead. She's uh, made application. We've talked about that for her local license. So we have several people in our church who are called to full-time ministry in the church. And I just think that that's fantastic. And I'll tell you, one of the signs of a healthy church is people being called to ministry out of that church and out of those ministries. Um, we lost our worship pastor this year, Mandy. We miss her terribly. But we've been unbelievably blessed by the worship team that we have and the volunteers who have stepped up. Uh, Jim and Cody, I think, have done a great job. And then um, the other volunteers, I'm going to name some. If I miss you, then I'm sorry. Alex and Ben and Stephanie, Jamie, Adam, Giselle, others have done an incredible job leading us on Sundays and on Wednesdays. And I just want you all to know that I thank God for what you've done. 
this year. And I just think that 2020, man, you guys have made that so much more bearable. Our youth were able to start meeting again. We had a, you know, everybody, all the church went on a hiatus. So the teenagers, they finally were able to start meeting again. All the camps were canceled. So um, I think Michael did an incredible job in making his own camp. They've had a summer retreat, which is unusual. We haven't had that before, but uh, didn't want the kids to miss out on that. And then they're getting ready next week to go on, or, or this week, I guess, on the um, winter retreat. So you guys be praying for them. It's a, and the winter retreat is such a spiritual time of growth for them. Also, it seems too appropriate to mention the advancement. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, if you watched online, you have. The advancement that we've had in our technology here. Um, when you see the, what's going on here online, I mean, up on the screens, that's mostly what people see online. It's a little bit different, but um, I think that that's been fantastic. I, I just appreciate the tech team. This year, we've had to utilize technology in ways we've never had to utilize it before. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that our video production quality is unrivaled in a church our size, and it is on par with churches much larger than us. And I appreciate Alan Marr and all that he's done to make that happen, and all of the people that uh, help him out. Uh, also, many people are meeting together on uh, Zoom for uh, Sunday school classes and small groups. I just think it's fantastic that they've been able to do that. Um, we started a school I don't know if you knew that. We're talking about 2020, right? These are all of the things. Uh, we partnered with Harvest Christian Academy to start a school here. Amazing that we were able to do that. Preschool through 12th grade, over 130 students enrolled and picking up more for the second semester. Uh, while I'm talking about that, be praying for the school because in, um, by 2021, by the next school year, we have to install fire sprinklers in this building. And uh, those are not cheap for us to do. So uh, be praying on how that can happen or that uh, maybe the fire marshal will have some grace on us and uh, help us out there. Uh, we're helping with the uh, Brazilian uh, ministry, the plant of the, the Brazilian fellowship, Igreja do Nazareno. I'm going to say that very uh, English accent, but I'm trying. Has started this year, and I think they're doing a great work, right? All in 2020, don't forget. Uh, the annual Christmas tree walk. What an incredible legacy that we have started with the Christmas tree walk, telling the story of Jesus through Christmas trees, the story of Advent. Uh, this year we had over 500 people come through the Christmas tree walk, our, our largest ever, just two nights uh, that we had it. And we're telling the story of Jesus through Christmas trees. I love that. Um, the outreach ministry that we started last year, has really grown and flourished under Heather's leadership. It's matured. Um, we're able to distribute diapers and food once a month now, and that's awesome. And not only has the church contributed to that, uh, we've also received um, some grants, and we hope to receive more and, and more church contributions so that we can continue uh, to do this valuable ministry. But not only that, we've also partnered with the um, Rescue Hill Ministry to help bring people, rescue them out of human trafficking situations. By the way, on January 1st through 9th, if you guys were looking for something to do, uh, I don't know if you knew that they were hit by that tornado that came through Arlington, uh, I don't know, a month ago or so. It wasn't very long ago. Tornado came through Arlington, hit that building in an apartment complex across the street, and that was it. Um, so they're having to do a bunch of work to get that thing back together. The 1st through the 9th, if anybody would like to go help at Rescue Hill. Um, we're also just beginning our partnership with the Safe Families, uh, which is a, um, a ministry that helps with 
children and mothers before uh, CPS gets involved. It's a very valuable ministry. One of the most important and necessary ministries of our church is our prayer ministry, our Wednesday night prayer. Without prayer, I want you to know, without prayer, the church cannot survive. And we had, um, and somebody was asking me about the Wednesday night prayer before Christmas. And I got to tell you, I almost canceled it, but I decided not to. And every Wednesday, my pledge is that we will have prayer. Now, we didn't do it online like we had been, but we did have the building open. We had time slots. You guys all got the email. I want you to know prayer is so very important and vital. Um, but we've also had to utilize technology since we couldn't gather together. And I just want to say thank you to Tessa for stepping up to be our Wednesday night video producer every Wednesday night. She's faithful and she's there on top of all the things that she does here to help with Alan and the uh, things at, at the church, the physical location here. Who would have ever thought we could have a virtual prayer meeting? But we do, and most of you know, every Wednesday night. So I'm, I'm just uh, happy about that. And then uh, Cody and, and Alex and uh, Stephanie for uh, being there to, and my wife, Sarisa. I feel like I'm at a one of those award shows, just thanking everybody. <laughs> we, have, we have just, I just want you to know of all of the things, this is all 2020. Like God has blessed us tremendously. While all the world was shutting down, the church was expanding. The kingdom of God was growing. People were coming to know Jesus Christ. Lives were being touched. Prayer kept going on. Uh, children have diapers that otherwise wouldn't have. And, and we have, we're giving them fresh food and we have um, you know, just all the things that are happening now. People are watching online now. In fact, our online presence has, this was a very difficult adjustment for me. We reported 152 as an average the year before in attendance on a Sunday morning. And this year, um, I think our average is closer to 100, maybe not even quite that. Some Sundays like this, we have even less. But our online presence is over 500 every week. And so how do you, how do you quantify lives that are being touched by, you know, in person and online? It's difficult for us. But all we know is that we want to continue to do the good work of ministry. And honestly, if you're watching online, um, then please engage on that online platform. Talk to each other and make it your church fellowship. And uh, it's just something that we have to continue to do to utilize technology. All right, we're running out of time. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't want to make this too long, but if you'll indulge me, I just want to talk a, a few moments about the spiritual growth that we had in the year 2020. In the very beginning, before COVID even happened, God told me to focus on His Spirit. And you, I don't know if you remember, I came out of um, 2019 not knowing exactly what God wanted to do, and I, I was praying, and, I, and He said, let's just focus on my spirit. And I said, for how long? And he said, until I say stop. So we went 16 weeks speaking about the Holy Spirit and then another five or six weeks talking about his glory. Like it was, it was just a long time of learning who it was. So I'm not going to be able to retract all that there, but just some highlights. We, we spent some time reacquainting ourselves with who he is. The Holy Spirit's nothing new in the Bible. We all know Acts chapter 2, right? And we think about Acts chapter 2, but how about Genesis 1-2 where he was there in the very beginning and he hovered over the waters. Psalm 51, 11, I referenced it in my prayer. David pleaded that the Spirit not be taken away. Do not depart from us, Holy Spirit. In Micah 3.8, the prophet proclaimed that he was filled with the power of the Spirit. In Matthew 1.18, the, the, the Holy Spirit was with Mary and she became 
pregnant in Luke 3.16. John the Baptist tells the world that he baptizes with water, but another's coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And the list could go on and on if you really dig into it, and we did. The Holy Spirit, he is throughout the entire Bible, and now he is in our lives. Martin Luther said it this way, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him, but that the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith, even as he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. Martin Luther. In John 14, it says, If you love me, Jesus said this, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Um, As I'm going through this, I completely forgot. These notes, by the way, are in the Bible app today, or the church's app. Go to the uh, Lantana Church app, and all these notes are in there. All right, so just briefly, remember, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. Literally, the word in Greek is paraclete. It means helper. He gives us the ability to make decisions. When we face a trial, when we face a temptation, he shows us which way to go. In any given situation, the Holy Spirit is with us, and he guides us. He's also the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the embodiment of all things true, including the way to following God. He will take us that way. He lives with you. He will be in you. Our spirit should live in communion with the spirit. People have asked me, how is it that the Holy Spirit lives in me? I've got to tell you that some things we just have to receive by faith. Hello? (laughs) Some things we just have to receive by faith. Some things it's hard to know. How can the, the spirit of the living God, the one who breathed stars, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who was hovering over the waters, how can the spirit of God be in me? Our spirit lives in communion with the Holy Spirit. That's how he lives in us. He, sh- he, he should live through us. And it's through us that the world should know him. We, we say to him, Holy Spirit, come and live in me. Walk alongside me. Help me in every decision and everything that I do. He is the spirit of truth, which tells me that he is the one who, who knows all, who helps me to be truthful. Have you ever met somebody and you just didn't feel right? <laughs> Something in your spirit, the spirit of truth, just doesn't jive. It's the Spirit. So what is the Holy Spirit? And, and we should be careful to not say what, but who. Recognize that He is the Holy Spirit, is a person of the Trinity, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is God, alive and present at work among us. A person of the, the Trinity. Difficult for us to understand, but the, the, one of the best descriptions I have heard is God is love, The Holy Spirit communicates that love. Jesus showed us that love. So how does he impact religion? What would the Christian religion look like without the Holy Spirit? This is the real question. 
I think it may look very familiar to a lot of us. It scares me a little bit. (laughs) Because without the Holy Spirit, the Christian religion may have beliefs in God, beliefs learned from the Bible, or spoken creeds. It may have rules for holy living, perhaps things based on our memories of Jesus. It might also have rituals like baptisms, that dramatize our beliefs and remind us of who he is. The problem is that in that, the action is all ours. It's not about us. If we allow him to be our helper, he guides us and he counsels us and he moves us. So how do we receive him? By welcoming the Holy living God into your life. Choosing to let your life and your relationship be shaped by God. And it is your relationship with God that makes religion come alive. And it is your relationship with God that helps you move in Him. I'm going to start, I don't don't want to preach it again. I'm just reminding you, the Holy Spirit, 16 weeks, come on. How do we do that? 16 weeks of the Holy Spirit and and how awesome He is and how He does things for us and affects us and causes us to move and to to live and to work and to breathe. I heard somebody say one of the greatest problems for Christians today is a lack of time spent with Him. A lack of time spent in the Bible. A lack of time spent... uh, waiting on God, resting in His presence, focused on Him. If you equate it to food, and right, He's our daily bread. The, the Scriptures are our daily bread. We can't go very long without food, and we start dying. It's the same thing with God. Spend that time with Him. Get to know the Holy Spirit. I, I was having a conversation with myself. You ever do this? I was having a conversation with myself, and then I said, you know what, I need to, I need to pray Focus this on God. God, man, just talking to you, working through this, and then I, I began to hear him speak back to me. This doesn't happen to me all the, all, the, all the time, but it's so awesome when it does. But I would never know him if I wouldn't know his voice if I didn't spend time with him. You have to spend time and get to know him. And, and this time I even said, God, am I just talking to myself? And he said, uh, He's getting awful personal here, but he said, Sarisa will confirm it. Okay. I came home and told Sarisa, I need you to confirm something for me. (laughs) No pressure. All right, I'm really running out of time now. All right, uh, let's get two two very big ideas. We, We had really three big ideas I wanted to talk about. Holy Spirit, amazing, awesome, just a force. I love the Holy Spirit, and I love to be close to Him, and I love to to let him work with me in my life. But we also talked about love. We dubbed the summer, the summer of love. And again, we just sat there for a while, 14 weeks, in fact, the summer of love. By the way, all of these things, every single one of these messages is online. The church even has a podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast and download it every week if, if you want. And I'm just gonna say, I'm not, I'm not a great preacher by any means, but I will say some of the teaching this summer was just as good, biblical, dig into it kind of teaching. 
the summer of love. God showed us what love is. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, you know it, that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting love, uh, everlasting life. He showed us what love is. And you know, we had some traumatic days this summer. The world around us, if you remember, started to burn down the heartbreaking and tragic death of George Floyd and Ahmoud uh, Arbery rightly led to public outrage. Like it was crazy for a while. This summer I had to really get on my knees and say, God, what do you want to say to the church? To borrow an old timer's term, I prayed through on that. You ever heard that? I prayed through on that. I asked my dad what that meant once. He said, pray till you're through. <laughs> okay. I prayed through. I got some clarity on what God wanted. I prayed through, and here's what God told me. Man, Cal, if people will just love each other. <laughs> if people will just love each other. A friend of mine, Nate Cook, wrote something that eloquently said what I'm trying to convey. The gospel of Jesus Christ calls us to self-sacrificial love. Do we understand that? The gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, calls us to a self-sacrificial love. The problem is, is we want to sacrifice everybody else for ourselves. But the Bible calls us to sacrifice ourselves for everybody else. The, even the Christian leadership pyramid is entirely different. The, the leadership pyramid says everybody on the bottom focuses up and you're on the top. Right? As the leader. But the Christian leadership period is, uh, pyramid is exactly opposite of that. The Christian is, is the one on bottom, supporting everybody, loving everybody, encouraging everybody, making ourselves servants to everybody. And if you can create that culture in your organization, then everybody begins to love everybody. If we are to take up our cross, like Jesus calls us to, that means laying down our lives. Jesus taught us a self-sacrificial love. 1 John 3.16, it's the other John 3.16. This is how we know love. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. How do, how do we know what love is? Oh, it's easy. Jesus died for us. We need to be willing to die for others. So if you ask me the answer for our world today, it's love but not any kind of love. Let's not oversimplify it. It's love that seeks the well-being of others. You remember we went there. It's the love that seeks well-being for others. If you tell somebody I love you, be very careful. Those are dangerous words because they may call you and say, hey, you remember when you said you love me? Well, I need this. Help me with this. And if we really want to seek their well-being, then we'll do it. Otherwise, we know it was just spoken words love. Remember, we're not part of the kingdom of this world. We're part of the kingdom of heaven. Our residency is not on this earth. It's in the kingdom of heaven. The love he has called us to is entirely different. Then the last big idea was biblical justice. It really came on the heels of love. After all the talk about love, what should we do about it? The thing about love is this, it cannot stay with us. Jesus said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another, John 13, 34. I love you, you love others. You know, one of the things, our love is selfish because I love my wife and I want her to love me back, <laughs> you know? Like, I want to hug her, I want her to hug me back. 
I'm going to kiss her. I want her to kiss me back. I, and that's probably a little selfish. Jesus probably wants the same from us, you would think, right? But that's not what he says. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love others. How will people know who I am unless you're loving other people? So we become conduits of God's grace, which puts our love into action. So how do we express that love to others around us? Isaiah 117, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Kind of our basis for that whole um, biblical justice idea. So in context here, Isaiah the prophet is reminding the nation of Israel what God wants from them, what he's seeking for them. And, and something happened in their culture, and if you read through the Old Testament, you can see it begin to disintegrate. And Isaiah is calling them back. He said, hey, guys, God has recognized that you are not doing good. You are not seeking justice. You are not rescuing the oppressed or defending the orphan or pleading for the widow. Things are beginning to disintegrate for you. He's calling you back to that. God describes pure religion in James 1.27 as taking care of the widows and the orphans. Pure religion, a dedication to God, is widows and orphans. So we learn two words for justice. Uh, one is mishpat, which means punishing wrongdoers and caring for victims of, of unjust treatment. That's something that we understand. Our kids learn at a very early age, justice. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Right? They get that. It's, it's mishpat. It's, it's a rectifying justice. I will set this right. And we, we reference the, the, the movie of the, the guy whose daughter was kidnapped. And we all want justice for that daughter. Ooh, it's going to be bad. He's going to get them, you know? <laughs> but there's another kind of justice we don't talk about very much called siraka. Siraka in the Hebrew is a behavior that, if it was prevalent in the world, would render rectifying justice, or mishpat, unnecessary because the world would live in right relationship with each other. This is, this is a social justice, not in the political sense. Don't confuse it. This is everybody living right with each other. Socially, we love each other and we care for each other and we get along with each other and the church is doing the duties that God has called us to, defending the widows and the orphans and taking care of the poor and welcoming in the marginalized, all the things. The term social justice doesn't really capture what God calls us to as Christians, but so we, we coined the phrase biblical justice. And at the core of its meaning is what God wants us to do. What I mean is, if we're trying to live a life in accordance with the Bible, the concept and the call to do justice is inescapable. We can't get away from it. But we do justice when we give all beings their due as creations of God. So doing justice then is not only the, the righting of wrongs, but it's generosity towards people. It is being concerned with social events, especially towards the poor and the vulnerable. 
Man, and there's, there's so much there. That's one you should really go back. It, uh, Love is a Verb is the series. Go back through that because it, it's, it's all about what that justice looks like and that God has called us as his followers to take care of the poor and the widows and the orphans and the disenchanted and the disenfranchised and the marginalized of our society. He has called us to care for them. And when we do justice, not only are we, uh, not only is that kind of justice punishing wrongdoers, that is taking care of all those people. It's doing justice for them. It's, it's seeing those things that were wrong made right. That's why we created our outreach initiative. Uplift and rescue heal and save families. We want to be involved in those things. I'm excited about the Safe Families people coming to give us a talk still, too. So, All right, so looking forward. I believe God wants to do so much more for us as a church. I think he has a lot planned, and I feel God's presence when we gather together. I'm blessed and encouraged when we gather and we pray. God is moving in our midst. So how do we quantify attendance goals? I told you before, we reported 152 as an average before. During 2020, when, when we couldn't even meet, our online presence grew to more than four times that. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. But we have to rethink how we're reaching people. Are we seeing people come to know Jesus? Are we seeing lives changed? Our why for this church, to love like Jesus so lives are changed. Are we... Are we accomplishing that. So this year I want to set a different kind of goal. Uh, um, probably an achievable goal, but I'd like to see at least 20 people get baptized this year. Now we, we did have some in 2020 that wanted to be, but we've kind of put them off just because of the concerns of not being able to get together. And then also not knowing exactly how to do baptisms. <laughs> I mean, obviously we know how to do baptisms, but what if we have 300 people in the room? You know what I mean? Is that, when can we do that? But we're, we're going to figure that out. So we may do some online baptisms. We may do some outside baptisms. We just want to get people baptized that want to be, right? I'd also like to see us average more than 200 in a service in the last quarter of this year, at 21. And, and I think that's entirely possible. Matter of fact, if we don't reach that, I'll be surprised. Um. But it's not about the numbers. I want you to remember that when I talk numbers, every number has a name, and every name is somebody that God loves intimately. Right? It's not about the numbers. It's about the, number, the people that those numbers reach. Like I'd like to see us have 1,000 people. But it's not about 1,000 people. It's about each person that Jesus is changing their life. We're going to start out the year with the revival. God wants to bring revival to our church, not just through a speaker, but by his Holy Spirit. Bring your friends. Come to the services January 24th through 27th. Tune in online. Uh, we're going to have a $5 meal, in fact, before the service. We've done it before, kind of a potluck style. This year we're going to do boxed lunches if you would like to be a part of that at 530. Uh, we'll start that. If you get off of work and you want to come right up here because we're going to start at 630, um, We'll, we'll do some lunches, $5, or you know, some box dinners, whatever. And um, if you would like to be part of that, we just want to make it easy.
Uh, also, we're starting an initiative in January called Reengage. As this pandemic comes to a close, we need to reengage each other. What does that mean for our church? You know, the foundation has been le- uh, laid. Now we each get to be a part of the team that will reach our community for Jesus. The foundation has been laid. And this is the thing. A lot has taken place this year. The Brazilian uh, church plant, the new school, the new children's ministry director, uh, Jessica. We also have a soon-coming Worship pastor, Bruno and Gabby, they're going to be with us on January 30th. They'll be their first Sunday. They will probably be here. Um, they're, they're moving the week of revival. So he might be here a night or two of the revival, but uh, he'll be, his first time leading worship will be January 30th. So really, as we as a church come back together, remember that people who are not here, there's a lot that has happened this year. <laughs> Before COVID, we didn't have a school. Right? Before COVID, we had a different children's pastor. Before COVID, we had a different worship pastor. 